Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 31, A Look at 2024. My name is Jeremy, and as always, I'll be your host. I know I'm a bit behind uh, getting into the game this year, but I kind of want to talk about what I expect from 2024, some of the big events to come, and talk briefly about how you can prepare for this wild year to come. So sit back, relax, and let's enjoy a short episode. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder yeah. Call me what you wanna but you can't call me no coward no. Strength the numbers, we the people still the ones with power Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours Tell me turn it down and I'ma Welcome back to the podcast, everyone, and a happy belated new year in 2024. Uh, obviously, I've been a little bit behind the ball. Um, I have not gotten a lot of content out yet so far in 2024. I talked about it briefly back in December. Got a lot going on in life right now. Um, and I've always said it in the past, ECT is not a very big team. You know, it is a small business, and I am the majority of that business when it comes to creating content uh, the administrative side. Really, I get help uh, on the training side when we do classes and whatnot. So life events have become very busy for myself. Uh, for those of you that follow me on social media, uh, you know that I am back in paramedic school now. Uh, they finally lifted the vaccine requirement for that back in the fall, which I got kicked out of paramedic class for the first time in 2021. Uh, so I'm back in paramedic class and anybody that has gone to paramedic class knows that it is one hell uh, of a year of school. Uh, your schedule is is absolutely crazy between class time, between clinical time, between field time, between studying, uh, and then you know you're already working. Most of us are already working a full time job on top of it. You know, if you're an older guy, if you're a guy that's right out of high school, maybe not. But you know, myself, I'm already working full time at the firehouse, uh, trying to run the farm here, trying to run ECT, trying to run my local group of guys trying to do paramedic school. I'm getting married this year, you know, trying to maintain a social presence with my friends and my fiance and my family, you know, it adds up a lot. And ECT has kind of taken a bit of a backseat. I'm still fulfilling orders uh, and I'm still making the occasional Instagram posts. Um, but as far as like really dedicated YouTube creation time, it's, it's kind of behind at the moment. Um, which, you know, that, that happens at times and, and that's okay. But you know, I'm still going to try to push out an episode or two of the podcast a month and hopefully a, a YouTube video. Um, I do have some cool things lined up, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more later in the podcast. But just know that, you know, we are not uh, gone here at ECT just because we're a little bit slower recently. You know, I'm just trying to stay caught up on everything that is life. But that is not the main topic of conversation today. Today, I want to talk about know kind of what to expect from 2024 this is being recorded the night of january 30th uh, so you know just a day or two before the beginning of february so we're a month into 2024 already and only a ton a ton has already happened and, and it has a huge effect on the events that are going to play out later this year as a whole the, one of the major ones being the presidential election you know there's a meme going around right now that shows the correlations between 2020 and 2024. In 2020, it was a leap year. It was a Trump versus Biden presidential election. And the Chiefs and 49ers went to the Super Bowl. 
and now it's 2024, leap year. Likely going to be Biden versus Trump, uh, if there even is an election at this point. And it is, once again, the Chiefs versus the 49ers. Uh, once again, the only thing we're missing is, you know, a little bit of COVID overseas, only to show up here a month after the Super Bowl. Let's hope that that whole fiasco does not happen again. But, obviously, you know, kind of going on right now, the hot stuff. Um, internationally, we have the whole crisis in the Red Sea with Yemen and Iran kind of as the broader broader effects of the war in Gaza right now. You know, back in October, obviously Hamas, you know, committed a atrocious acts and attacked Israel. And I don't say it in that way because I'm a pro or anti-Israel person. I just say that in at plain face value, what Hamas did was atrocious, you know raping and killing women, kidnapping children, you know, just killing old people in their houses and in their beds. It, it's pure evil. Um, and you know, just depending on how you look at the situation around the world or what your political stance is or your religious affiliation, your national affiliation, people see this whole conflict differently. Obviously, we have the issues with Yemen right now in the Red Sea. Uh, Yemen has basically said all pro-Israel and, and Western backed companies are do not have safe transit through the uh, Red Sea right now. And we've seen a lot of attacks on commercial shipping. We've seen a lot of attacks on kind of coalition force forces, naval forces. Um, and I'm not entirely sure whether I believe uh, the Department of Defense for the U.S. and then the same for the Defense Departments for our, you know, NATO allies when they say that a military naval vessel has not been struck yet. I don't know if I fully believe that. Um, I think it may be part of a PR war. I don't think any significant damage has been done against naval forces, but to say that nothing's happened at all, I think is a bit of a stretch. But we are now, you know, only a few days out from when three American service members, and I believe the number is over 40 now, were injured uh, somewhere near the border of Jordan and Syria. Um, obviously a huge escalation of, you know, the conflict as a whole and the kind of subliminal war between the U.S. and the U.K. and all of these Iranian proxies in the Middle East. We expect some sort of response to that uh, fairly shortly. So I'm going to assume by the time this comes out on Friday, which should be February 2nd, something probably happened. Uh, and, and rightfully it should. You know, we can argue about whether the U.S. should be as involved as it is in the Middle East and all of its bases and whether they're legal bases and occupations and whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is three service members were killed. Um, uh, and, you know, I have enough pride in my country, at least as a, as a whole, as it is right now, that, you know, that, that bothers me. And I think someone needs to get their ass whooped before that. Uh, I'm not really about the, you know, let's just conduct a retaliatory airstrike or two. You know, we need to smoke some fools. Um because if we're going to be over there, might as well be the biggest dog in the yard. And then in other events, we have seen an escalation by North Korea and more actions by China out in the Pacific. Um, North Korea has been slowly creeping up its wartime rhetoric and kind of making some preparations and increasing tests. Um, it makes me wonder if an attack from North Korea on South Korea will co-align similar... Uh, in, in a similar time frame of China moving on Taiwan. Um, if we remember back to 2019, 2020, 
we always said that our our defense officials always said you know by sometime by between 2028 and 2030 you know we'll be at war with china china will try to take taiwan and then by sometime in 2022 they told us ah by 2025 we're probably going to be at war with china well now it's 2024 you know the the clock is you know is ticking down uh, and we're kind of running out of time on that which has always been a a weird mental game to play as it is. Uh, we have farmer strikes all over Europe, mainly in Germany and France right now. France is leading the charge on that. You know, I think as a whole, around the world, there's just a lot of political strife. We are at the point in history where ideologies are going to clash. Whether you're a right-wing population that's fed up against a left-wing government or you're a radical left-wing population that's fed up against the right or doesn't think that the capitalist ways are you know doing enough for the people and you you're looking at a color revolution whatever whatever it might be you know the the world has so much built-up tension right now which brings us to the u.s anybody that says the u.s is not on a collision course for some sort of um, internal political and potential uh, conflict, I, I, th- I think, is not paying a good enough attention. What's hot on the topics right now is the whole Texas border situation. Now, I do not think we're on the brink of civil war of the Texas border situation. You know, there is uh, a significant, uh, uh, actually, what I would say is really a big surprise on, on my part. I, I am surprised that Governor Abbott took the stance that he did. Um, I would not have expected that this early, you know, in the political game, but I think it was necessary. Um, and if you look at the finer details of this whole border situation, even the border patrol union and a lot of border patrol agents, they stand with Texas. They agree that the border situation is out of control and more needs to be done. But the problem with this whole situation is you have Texas taking a stand saying, we're going to do what we think is right, regardless of what the feds say. And you have over two dozen states backing Texas, either just through, uh, you know, support uh, through words, or they're sending actual supplies and fellow National Guardsmen to the to the border there to help Texas. And on the other side, you have the federal government, which, uh, as a whole, is kind of um, ideolog- ideologically aligned with the left and more woke culture, even you know our own law enforcement uh, entities, the, all these big three-letter agencies, have kind of been weaponized against a certain side of the political spectrum. Uh, so you have them, and then, of course, all of the other uh, you know, Democratic uh, politicians, maybe some governors that are like, this is unacceptable, Texas needs to fall in line and listen to orders. So we, we have tension building there, but I, I think the Biden administration has a lot on their plate right now. They're expected to give a response for the service members killed. You know, the left um, is not happy with Biden on his stance with Israel right now. The right is not happy with Biden over Ukraine Ukraine aid and a lack of border security. So the federal government is kind of in a lose, 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 lose situation currently. Um, And I I don't see uh, getting out of that anytime soon, unfortunately. I just don't think it's in their their nature to please the people. They're going to do whatever... You know, whatever to do whatever they need to do to accomplish the plan uh, that they have set forth into motion, however long ago it was. I'm going to take a drink of my hot chocolate now. 
a lot of people drink beer or whiskey when they, they film podcasts. I normally don't. I normally sit here with a glass of water. Uh, but in the wintertime, I enjoy warm beverages, and my hot chocolate is just my go-to. It's, it is a guilty pleasure of mine. Regardless, back to it. So, yeah, 2024 is, is shaping up to be weird. Um, and then, of course, we have the election coming later this year. And, and once again, whether you're pro-Donald Trump or anti-Donald Trump or you really just don't care, uh, I, I don't think that anybody wins in this election. If Trump wins, uh, the left will deny it. They'll say uh, it's fraudulent. Antifa and BLM will try to burn everything down again, and I think we'll see some serious issues. Uh, and if you know Joe Biden wins again, regardless of just how horribly he's deteriorated, uh, in his, you know, old condition, the right will say it was planned against Trump, you know, fraudulent election. I think you'll see, you know, more Republican heavy states get emboldened, like, you know, this whole Texas situation. Uh, and I think things get worse on a more wide scale political uh, spectrum. And all around, I don't, I don't think anybody, anybody wins in any of this in the end. Um, you know, do we get into a conflict with ourselves a year from now, three years from now, ten years from now. You know what is the time frame? It's it's too hard to tell. Uh, I am a I am a realist in knowing that something in the future, in the near future, my my adult life, uh, uh, um, my adult life, or young adult life, I should say. And I'm not talking like when I'm 30 years from now, I'm 60. I'm talking, you know, now and you know five or six years to come. Uh, I think we see just a serious change and we see some serious uh, resets in our lifetime, whether that be caused by international conflicts, international, uh, national conflicts, um, you know, the kind of reset of our financial system, the collapse of our financial system, whatever it is, you know, I'm a, I am a realist. I'm not going to sit up here and, and tell you that if we just believe hard enough that nothing's going to happen, that that uh, we can all move past this. I, I just don't find that to be a reality, um, and I think it's I think it's silly. Now, what can you do with that? With all that doomer mindset, what can you do to you know prepare for all of this? How 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 do you ensure your family's security, their safety, their stability, you know, so on and so forth? Um, and the first bit of that is is your own personal preparedness. I, I've talked about it a ton. There's a lot of content on YouTube about it. Um, but you need to have your own personal preparedness squared away. You know, before you are thinking about community groups and, you know, big political movements and whatever it is, your own preparedness needs to be, you know, well established. Uh, you are not going to run off and do anything as much as you may morally align with uh, the cause if your own family is scraping and struggling and all that kind of stuff. So where does that start? We look at basic food preps. We look at a bit of, you know, self-reliability, um, self-sustainability. You know, do you have some level of a garden? Uh, if you don't garden full-time, do you at least have the knowledge and the tools to garden? You know, what does your uh, emergency and backup power sources look like? Do you have a generator? If you have a generator, how much fuel do you really have? Um, if you are looking long-term, you know, a standard gas generator is not a long-term solution. Do you have solar? Do you have things? Do you, are you comfortable and have you thought about what life looks like for you um, if you don't have power? Um, 
And I think it's a, a good time to kind of talk about the reality of SHTF and everything like that. I've been to a lot of corners of the world, um, a lot of crappy parts, uh, and a lot of people have electricity uh, a lot of the time. That's not to say you're always going to have electricity, but this thought that one day just all of your electricity and water is going to turn off and it's never going to come back on ever again, it's it's a big it's a big maybe what if kind of sort of might happen type scenario. Um, it's definitely a possibility. You should plan for that to happen in the short term. But as civilization always, you know, steps back up and puts itself back together at some point in time. Nonetheless, what does your uh, alternate power sources look like? Um, what does your protection look like? Do you own a shotgun that's filled with, you know, birdshot and a 40 cal handgun and that's what you got for self-protection? Or are you a person that has a more well-rounded and diverse firearms collection? Have you received training on how to use all of those uh, and how to infect effectively employ them? Do you have, you know, any level of gear or at least protection, uh, you know, personal protection like vests, helmets, gas masks, whatever that might be? You know, your personal preparedness goes a long way. And you have to consider this not just for yourself, but your families as well, if, uh, if family is a part of your life. Uh, I'm not saying that you need to go out and, you know, build up enough preps to sustain you, your wife, three kids, and your six cousins and their kids. But, you know, making sure you have preps for your immediate household is, is extremely important. But besides our personal preps, you know, we look to community uh, community-based groups, whether that be some sort of mag or preparedness group, whether that be like a Minuteman style group or, you know, other civilian defense force style uh, organizations. You know, I think that is a big thing that we've seen change since 2020 to now. You know, 2020 and before, organize, you know, kind of like Armed or civilian organizations were a thing, but it was more of like the three percenter style groups. It was big statewide or national wide organizations that really didn't have any training requirements. You really weren't personally familiar with everybody to a certain extent. Um, you know, the seriousness of the civilian based groups wasn't really there. But as time moved on from 2020, we have seen culture change. Like nothing you you would have never thought about it before COVID, you would have never thought that this was where the the direction that the two A community and the preparedness community was going to go, where we now have a lot of community based groups, um, whether they be prepper groups or they be community defense style groups, where guys are expected to be riflemen, and now you have civilian organizations looking at how to establish higher levels of. Uh, supply and logistics, command and control elements, you know, a higher capability of communications. You know, the things that these civilian-based groups behind the scenes are doing, um, I think is extremely important. Um, and I think I'm really glad to see us take those steps as a culture. And it comes from social media to a certain extent. You know, we have people like S2 Underground who puts out phenomenal, phenomenal content. You have people like uh, Isaac from T-Rex Arms. He does their podcast and he does a phenomenal job talking about the civilian defense force and the civilian defense industry, as well as, you know, kind of different capabilities that come along with that kind of stuff besides firearms. We've been big advocates of it here for a really long time. And there are a ton 
of other great companies, influencers, podcasts, YouTube channels that talk about this kind of stuff. And it kind of started as, you know, just your basic rifleman skills, small unit tactics, room clearing, that kind of stuff, you know, around and after COVID. Then it turned into more formalized groups with standards and kind of starting to talk about jobs. Now we're in that phase where we're talking about comms, we're talking about logistics, we're talking about supply chains, we're talking about PR and community involvement and all of this kind of stuff. Which brings me to, you know, where we are at now uh, with that culture, but there's also a counterculture against that. Uh, I don't remember what the build number is off the top of my head, but there is a bill in Congress right now that essentially would forbid any type of militia or paramilitary training in the United States of civilian-based groups. And this is not legal advice, but who cares? Who cares what they say? We, most of us already don't care what they say. Let's be honest. No, nor do I acknowledge their authority to tell me that I'm not allowed to train with the people in my own community on firearms marksmanship or you know how to effectively set up a supply chain that can be used for a lot of other things that other than conflict. A lot of these civilian-based groups have the mindset of, you know, disaster relief and, um, you know, mass casualty incidents and other stuff other than just conflict. So for someone locked away in D.C. behind wired gates and armed guards and all of that kind of crap to tell me I'm not allowed to do that, I, I, I just really don't care, guys. I really don't. I think we as a culture and we as a people need to kind of stand together on that and, and say, you don't have the authority to do that. You know, that is a power trip. You're trying to become, uh, you know, more so over the people than what is intended. And we're, we've about had enough of all that. I mean, even now, since COVID, we have seen a really large um part of the younger generation return to homesteading and gardening and canning and all that kind of stuff. And now probably for the past four or five months, I've seen a ton of articles of these news companies and studies or whatever saying that, you know, homesteading increases your increases the carbon footprint by like five times the amount instead of you just buying food from the store. Like really is the, the organic soil in a, five by 10 box in my backyard filled with a few tomato plants, really, really increasing global warming and the carbon footprint. Really? You want me to just go to the store and continue to feed the agricultural industrial complex of spraying all of our foods and moving foods on trucks and planes and trains and all of that? No, I'm good. I don't buy it. It's just, that would be, that's just silliness to believe. But we've seen a big change in culture as a whole. And I think through 2024, we're going to continue to see that culture change. I think more people are going to become comfortable with the fact of training with civilian based groups and sticking together. Uh, a lot of people are worried about the feds coming in and taking you in the middle of the night uh, because you went to a training with some local guys or, you know, you still have this pistol brace or whatever it is. But you know, the reality is that you can be picked off a lot easier when you're by yourself or when you're in really small numbers because you're afraid to expand. But if you change culture, if you change your community, if you interact with people, if you know your local officials, 
you know the people in your community and you and you take these steps to change your own reality around you, you have a lot less to worry about when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think that's how we make good change moving forward. But even outside all of that, these civilian-based groups kind of set the stage to pass this culture on to future generations. You know, I think it's important that, you know, local community groups get their families together and their kids, you know, can play with each other and spouses know each other and it promotes good culture. Um, and I, th I think that is the biggest takeaway from all of this because we have to play the long game on all this. You're not going to shoot your way out of this woke, you know, cancer that we are stuck with in some, you know, doomer fantasy wet dream. No, it's done slowly. It's done through changing minds. It's done through passing, you know, a level of, how should I say this, lifestyle down to your kids and then on to their kids and so on and so forth. Not sure. And that's really what it all comes down to. I think 2024 is going to be a weird year. I think things are going to continue to escalate on all fronts. I think Ukraine is done in the Ukraine-Russian war. All Zelensky is doing is feeding Ukrainians into the meat grinder until the meat grinder runs out of meat. I think Russia is going to win this war. I think China, at some point in time, especially if Trump loses this election, and it's not me rooting for Trump in any way. It's just kind of facing the reality that Biden is not a strong president. China will be emboldened. We'll take Taiwan. North Korea and South Korea may go to war. The Iranian proxies in Iran and all the other Shiite militias all throughout the Middle East are going to continue to raise havoc. You're going to see culture wars in Europe between the newer, younger conservative generation and these crazy liberal, woke-based groups. It's setting up to be a very interesting year, guys. But outside of that, for ECT, uh, obviously we're going to continue to promote other companies and whatnot that are doing stuff for the civilian defense industry. I really like that term uh, that Isaac has been using, the civilian defense industry. Uh, we're going to have Red Right Hand on here uh, on our next podcast to talk about the medium support weapon that he's been developing. A lot of you guys may remember back uh, at the end of summer, beginning of fall, we did a YouTube review over his uh, Recky LMG, and then we kind of did a video over LSWs as a whole. Um, we've talked about comms, and we've really kind of focused on portable comms, really, um, in 2023. This year, I want to talk. I want to talk more about kind of the larger organization comms, base stations, mobile stations, maybe some HF, maybe some man pack stuff. I've been working on man pack stuff for a little over a year. And guys, let me tell you, uh, comms is probably one of the most difficult fields to tackle as far as civilian capabilities go, because the civilian market is not meant to provide tactical communications um, to the civilian base. It's just not. You know, a lot of the, uh, uh, there are some portables that are coming out now uh, that are meant for the civilian market that have encryption and digital capabilities. But it re really, a lot of this started by buying up surplus government radios like the XTSs, 
the EF Johnsons, the 5100s, the Kenwoods, all that kind of stuff. So when it comes to the man pack side, there are not very many VHF or UHF uh, radios that are set up for man pack capabilities that have digital modes or have encryption capabilities, at least not at a reasonable price stance. Um, and that's how I look at a lot of things. I look at how reasonable is this? Not to say it's cheap, but how reasonable is this? Um, you know, especially if you're looking to get, you want to build your capabilities and and make multiples and duplicates of things. You know, you're, you can't be buying multiple, multiple, multiple thousand dollar uh, man pack systems. It's just not sustainable uh, or realistic. So, you know, we personally looked at the XTL 5000, the, the uh, half-powered ones, the ones that push out 10 and 50 watts. And we ran into some issues mainly with the um, framing for it uh, and the audio, but we fixed the audio issue. Now we're on the framing issue. Um, it's a big, heavy radio that requires a very specific frame, and it requires an even bigger battery pack. Um, now we're looking at something else behind the scenes. Uh, we we have I have a prototype. I'm looking at it on my shelf actually across the room. A a prototype for a, a, an affordable civilian man pack. Um, I need to change out some cables uh, and do a few cosmetic things. But I think you guys will get to see a a peep at this uh, here really soon. And it has multiple capabilities, which I'm actually kind of pleased with. I think the reality of the civilian comms market is you have to, we have to create a lot of things, a lot of uh, options out of stuff that was not meant to do what we wanted to do. Um, but that's okay. That's that's the name of the game. It's how we be innovative. That's how we change the market. And you know, maybe in the future, if there's a demand for something, a company will move forward to fulfill it. Uh, you know, similar to how a lot of these companies you know have. So we'll see where that goes. Um, and then hopefully I get a lot of other uh, good cultural people onto the podcast. I'd like to get some more leaders from some of these uh, some of these public civilian uh, you know defense force and Minuteman groups on Instagram, get them on here and kind of talk about developing the you know your community based groups talk about developing leaders and all that kind of stuff and and hopefully drive more of you guys to start your own groups um, and and become leaders you know in this day and age we really really need leaders and without them you know we're kind of just wandering around waiting for someone to tell us what to do or what the culture change is next. Uh, and I think in order to get out of that, that requires leaders. It requires people to step up because uh, it can be a, you know, a very hard task. Uh, it requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of knowledge. It requires a lot of patience, you know, to start your own, um, you know, local organization. If you do it right, you do it professionally. There's a lot that goes into it, guys. There's a lot that goes into it. So that's really all I've got for kind of my outlook and initial thoughts on 2024. Like I said, next episode, we'll have Cody from Red Right Hand on here. And then hopefully we have some more great guests. Uh, I, I would not expect from us to have a lot of 
lot of any classes through the first half of 2024, maybe a class or two on the back half of, of 2024. But like I said, I'm getting married later this year and, you know, lots of, lots of busyness to come. So I'd like to say that we'll receive a return of the medical classes um, and maybe some comms classes um, in 2025. I'll be the first to tell you I am not the most technically proficient comms person. I'm more of a practical application uh, comms person. Things that people who are not comms people, I can sh- I I am good at explaining and showing you why things do what they do at the standard user level. There are guys that are way smarter than me on the technical side of how comms works and the data behind all these different pieces of equipment and whatnot. But I think we may benefit from, you know, some more comms classes. Uh, Wyoming Survival and uh, Matthew from Tactical Comms, they do uh, communications classes. Definitely go give them a look on Instagram um, if that's something you're you're into. And guys, continue to just support all of these other YouTube channels and Instagram pages that are trying to push out content and try to know grow this change of culture and grow these communities you know a lot of people don't have businesses behind them or you know those types of platforms to support what they're doing a lot of guys just do it because that's what they enjoy doing they enjoy making content they enjoy and sharing information and experience whatnot so please continue to give them support i'm sure at some point in time social media is going to crack down hard on us this year since it's election year I really hope we don't get hit again because 2021 really kicked our butt and set us back, uh, you know, almost a full year. And I hope we don't have to go through that again. But if we do, we will continue to crawl back just like we always do. But that's all I've got for episode 31, a look at 2024. As always, guys, train hard, train often. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder Call me what you wanna but you can't call me no coward Strength in numbers, we the people still the ones with power Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours